Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, today it's Sunday, it's 15 March, the Ides of March, et tu brute and all that kind of stuff, and it's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And today, our president has called for a National Day of Prayer. This is his announcement. He said, in our times of greatest need, Americans have always turned to prayer to help guide us through trials and periods of uncertainty. As we continue to face the unique challenges posed by the coronavirus pandemic, millions of Americans are unable to gather in their churches, temples, synagogues, mosques, and other houses of worship. But in this time, we must not cease asking God for added wisdom, comfort, and strength, and we must especially pray for those who have suffered harm or who have lost loved ones. I ask you to join me in a day of prayer for all people who have been affected by the coronavirus pandemic and to pray for God's healing hand to be placed upon the people of our nation. As your president, I ask you to pray for the health and well-being of your fellow Americans and to remember that no problem is too big for God to handle. We should all take to heart the holy words found in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Let us pray that all those affected by the virus will feel the presence of our Lord's protection and love during this time. With God's help, we will overcome this threat. And so, in uh, respect to his requests, and obviously because it's the right thing to do, I typed up a prayer. If you would all join me in prayer here, it is March 15, 2020, a National Day of Prayer. Lord God, we join with President Trump and with any Christian congressional leaders in our appeal to you concerning the current crisis in the United States. Regardless as to the severity of the coronavirus outbreak, there are innumerable people also suffering from the flu and from other infections that are putting a strain on our society and which are causing stress and great difficulty for those in the medical care field and on the economy as a whole. We would pray for reason among the people to not get unhinged, but to put their cares and trust where they rightly should be in your capable hands. You have ordained our days before a single one came to pass, and you have the span of our lives set. And so what is there for your redeemed to worry about? Help us not to be anxious or concerned except in getting the sweet saving message of Jesus Christ out to those who so desperately need it. And finally, we raise up President Trump for wisdom, strength, perseverance, and success in destroying the attacks of those who come against him until he has victory once again in the election to office of president. Thank you for hearing the prayers of your people, those saved by the precious blood of our Lord, and who now stands as our mediator to bring you the cares of our hearts. To you be the glory now and forever. Amen. Our first category, as always, is Israel. And I would ask the people that, uh, I said this a few minutes ago, but now that the Prophecy Update is uh, started, if you are watching streaming online, either on YouTube or on Facebook, if you would share the stream link, because there's a lot of people that are not in churches around the U.S. today. They're scared. There's a panic. And so if you would share that with them, that may bring some comfort to their 
lives as they uh, stay home and wonder what to do on their Sunday morning. And uh, because our first category is Israel, I uh, would like to, if possible, get an update directly from Israel. We'll see if uh, we can get a hold of uh, our friends Sergio and Rhoda, who may not be available. They're traveling today to Bethsaida, and it looks like they're going to, uh, he's calling me. Here we go. Obviously, I couldn't get next to him, so there they are. So I see you're uh, traveling in the uh, the uh, rather wet wilderness. You're not at home hiding behind the uh, coronavirus shield. Tell me what's going on. We are in Bethsaida, and uh, yeah, the country is in panic. We'll give a little update on uh, what's going on, but uh, Yossi, his daughter, Renana, say hello. Hey, there's Yossi and Renana. Hey, sweetheart, you're growing up. Hey, I got a quick. Ah, there's who's that? I can't see. That's Rhoda and Ah. Hello, how are you? Uh, hi. Wow, wow, wow! Everybody's yeah, we're up. We're in Bethsaida, where uh, the village was discarded with the lost church of the apostles. Okay. Jesus, uh, we found a scorpion, and you sent me a verse from Luke eleven twelve, speaking about the you have a son asked little father for um uh what was it fish? Would you give him a scorpion? Scorpion, scorpion, and uh. And we just found it, God. We just imagined Jesus walking in these lands. This look at how fertile it is. Look at the beautiful thing it was. And it's with flowers blooming, with everything. The water came all the way to the village. I don't know if that was. It, this hasn't happened since the establishment of Israel. The water is so close to the very village where the apostles grew up, where Jesus uh, had his ministry. So that's the first since establishment of Israel. It's been recorded before that, but not until today. So we took some pictures, some drone shots. And uh, look forward for continuing of uh, archaeology that's coming here in a few months. And they come here and continue archaeology. Good deal. Now, who is this with you? I see somebody I, I don't personally know. This is Ryan from Indiana, right? Yes. Indiana? Yeah. He and uh, these folks are friends from Australia. Australia? Wow. Yeah, Welcome. probably the last tourists in Israel that are left. Wow. Yeah, they, they gave a few days for our tourists to leave, and they're leaving tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I think Ron, you were the last one in the hotel, weren't you? I was. I was the last one. And you're going, are you going back to uh, Indiana, Ryan? I am. Yeah, hopefully if I can make it. All right. Well, we'll pray for you that you have a safe flight and uh, that uh, things will go smoothly for you. Okay, thank you. Yes, I thank you, sir. We're... About to walk into the mud while talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that you all uh, put plastic bags on your feet instead of just simply taking off your shoes and uh, walking uh, with your shoes off, which would be a lot easier. Wait, I'll show you right there. Let me see. Oh, yeah, look at that. You got garbage bags on their feet. Just take off your shoes. It'll be much more comfortable. Okay, now before we go... I want to yes. talk to uh, I want to talk to uh, Yossi. Maybe he has some information. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So Yossi can give you, and also Bella. They both work in the tourist industry, and they both both have good uh, insights. What's going on? Yeah, Yossi, Charlie wants to hear your uh, updates. The question is uh, now I'm a tourist, so I'm off work, and everybody is uh, basically anybody who's from you know working in the tourism uh, sector. Everybody can't work now, so basically they're laid off or they're on holidays until the situation gets better and, you know, stabilized. Okay. So they gave us leave and the government is ready to pay until, you know, all the workers think like 75% of your salary until oh, good. the end of May. Good. So, yeah, praise God and see we can enjoy the nature so far. Rhoda said that it, it took a, 
an epidemic virus to get us all out into the nature. <laughs> Absolutely. So, see, it's a good thing. Yeah. Now, Yossi, yeah. I got a question for you. Yes. Hey, listen, um, you're in the reserves. Are you uh, thinking maybe you're going to get called up for any special duty, or are you just uh, not planning on that? Uh, well, I don't think they're going to because everybody's just being isolated. All right. So there are like a lot of soldiers, you know, if they get sick, you have to stay quarantined for 14 days. I don't think they're going to call anybody up. Okay. And those who are getting called up, they like, I had two friends, they, they're supposed to do reserves, but in the end, both of them, they got canceled. Okay. So everything is okay over there. And uh, I know they've closed down everything except pharmacies and grocery stores and uh so yeah and hospitals and hospitals obviously yep yeah so everything that is non-essential been closed down uh parks as well so you can travel anywhere but so that's why we went here it has no fences or gates and just a uh, open fields good deal all right we'll swing the camera around so we can say goodbye to everybody and then we'll let you go hey, Joey. okay hey, everybody guys. be blessed y'all everybody be safe and uh bye, keep your bye. trust in the lord Hi, Charlie. All right, bye bye. So I'm glad the glasses. You have really cool glasses, Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> bye. All right, there we go. Well, that was a fun, uh, fun little uh, thing to know what's going on in Israel, and uh, he's been keeping me updated on the status of things over there. So good stuff. Uh, let's see here. From the Times of Israel, we got an article: the U.S. Army scraps a one billion dollar Iron Dome project after Israel refuses to provide the key codes. Remember, we were going to sell them, uh, so, or we were actually going to buy the Iron Dome from them, and uh, they wouldn't give us the key codes for the thing so that we could use it. So it doesn't do much good having a billion-dollar piece of equipment that you can't use. So the U.S. Army said it was curbing its plans to adopt the Iron Dome missile system due to concerns about its compatibility with existing U.S. technologies, scrapping its plans to buy two more batteries and explore long-term integration of the Israel-developed system. A central problem was Israel's refusal to provide the U.S. military with Iron Dome's source code hampering the Americans' ability to integrate the system into their air defenses. General Mike Murray, head of the Army Futures Command, said the service identified a number of problems, including cyber vulnerabilities and operational challenges. During efforts last year to integrate elements of Iron Dome with the U.S. Army's Integrated Battle Command System, it took us longer to acquire those first two batteries than we would have liked. We believe we cannot integrate them into our air defense system based on some interoperability challenges, some cyber challenges, and some other challenges. The Army earmarked over $1 billion for the project to pluck selected Iron Dome components and integrate them with the U.S. military's integrated battle command system by 2023. Israel supplied engineering information but ultimately declined to provide the source code the Army said it needed to integrate Iron Dome components with the U.S. systems. The Army decision was based on the impasse over Iron Dome's source code, not shortcomings identified in a physical, technical assessment. So there you go. Israel's losing out on that deal, and that will extend further than just this sale. I am certain of that because other countries that may want to buy this technology will now be reticent to do so if they're not going to get the source codes. From the Times of Israel, in further sign of detente, Israel attends anti-terrorism conference in Morocco, believe it or not. 
and yet another indication of warming ties between Jerusalem and some Arab countries, an Israeli official this week actively participated in an anti-terrorism conference in Morocco. The name of the Israeli official who attended the so-called Warsaw Process Counterterrorism and Illicit Finance Working Group in Marrakesh cannot currently be published due to security reasons. Delegations discussed the ever-changing threat posed by Al-Qaeda and its affiliates and acknowledged a range of efforts that can be employed to counter this still potent threat, including the promotion of a set of non-binding principles. Participants shared their regional perspectives on countering Al-Qaeda and discussed threats from the other terrorist groups. A number of delegations also noted the destabilizing activities of Iran and its proxies, especially Hezbollah, and the need to collectively confront Iran's continued support to terrorist groups. So it's amazing that a Jew from Israel is going down to Morocco to attend this particular conference, but they allowed it. It shows you the warming ties that they're having, and Morocco is not specifically mentioned as a nation coming against Israel in Gog Magog, Ezekiel 38. So that's kind of an interesting development there. From the Jewish Business News, medical breakthrough in Israel, a lung, a human lung, was removed from the body of a cancer patient, cleaned, and returned at the Bellinson Hospital in Petah Tikva, Israel, for the first time, a lung cancer patient has undergone surgery in which his entire left lung was separated, taken from his body, the cancerous tumor it contained removed, and the now healthy lung reinstalled successfully back into his body to rejoin its counterpart, through which the patient had continued to breathe during the extended operation, which took many hours. This patient, who was in his 40s, had suffered a cancerous tumor, which eventually blocked the main airway in his left lung, leading to its collapse. At first, doctors thought there would be no choice but to permanently resection the damaged part of his lungs, as is usually done in such cases, which would expose him to serious risks until the hospital could find him a donor lung for a transplant. With this new form of surgery, however, there is no need to wait for an organ transplant and, if successful, it can also allow a patient to return to the normal routines of life without damaging chemotherapy or radiation treatments. Cleansing, that's what it's called, cleansing human organs of tumors in this manner is at an early stage and the surgeon said it may change cancer treatment everywhere in some cases, obviating the need for lung transplants and rejection risk and waiting times associated therewith. Good stuff there. From the Jerusalem Post, all people entering Israel must be quarantined. This is days old now. You probably know it. And as you heard, all of the uh, uh, foreigners are leaving. We got just a few left in the country who are going to be leaving. But just so you're aware of it, all people entering Israel from abroad will be required to spend 14 days in home isolation, the prime minister said on Monday. The measure is effective immediately. After a day of complex discussions, we have made a decision. Whoever arrives in Israel from abroad will enter quarantine for 14 days. So if you're going, you're just going to be stuck in quarantine. This is a difficult decision, but it is essential to maintaining public health, which takes precedence over everything. Well, I'm scheduled to go to Israel in early May. That may not be happening now, but we'll see. From the uh, Christian news category today. Just so you all know, the people in the church do know this, but those online, we are starting the book of Deuteronomy today. We uh, have spent about 
eight to ten years going through uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers with a small book in between each. We did uh, Ruth, we did Jonah, and we did the book of Esther, and now we are getting into the final book of the books of Moses. And so I hope that you'll join us with this. It's a marvelous book, and there's a real adventure of seeing Christ on every page as we go through. So there you go with that. From CBN, Europe leaves Christianity for paganism. Martyrs Free Church in Edinburgh is part of the rich history of Christianity in Scotland. Today, it's Frankenstein, a bar that describes itself as a family-friendly venue, but also a place for stag parties, bar-top dancers, and monsters. St. Paul's Church in Bristol, England, is now a school for circus performers. And in, I can't pronounce it, Lanera, I guess, Spain, the Church of Santa Barbara is now known as Chaos Temple, a skateboard park. Europe today has more empty church buildings than it knows what to do with because Europe is, by and large, no longer Christian. You could say these churches are the remnants of a lost civilization, Christian civilization. It was once at the very heart of Europe's life and culture. Those days are over. Belief in the Christian God has plummeted. In Britain, something like 70 or 75% of British under 30 say they have no religion, says theologian Stefan Boulevant, author of Mass Exodus. And Boulevant has more bad news. Europe's move away from Christianity is accelerating. God is still moving in Europe, but the larger culture has been lost, and while some governments might still be officially Christian, they are now openly persecuting Christians. Attorney Andrea Williams of Christian Concern in London says, I think that what is hard for people in America to understand is that the people of Great Britain really have no notion of what Christianity is. There is hope for Europe, and it could be in something mission leaders call the blessed reflex. It was the prayer of the early missionaries like William Carey and David Livingston that one day the gospel would return from the mission fields of Africa and Asia to re-evangelize Europe. There are signs the blessed reflex has begun. Well, we'll hope so because that's a pretty pathetic uh, statement on the state of Christianity in Europe right now. From UN.org, use of religious beliefs to justify rights violations must be outlawed says the UN. Laws underpinned by religious conviction that discriminate against women and the LGBT plus community should be repealed and gender-based violence carried out in the name of religion by non-state groups must be addressed. An independent UN expert said in a report presented to the Human Rights Council, I firmly reject any claim that religious beliefs can be invoked as legitimate justification for violence or discrimination against women, girls, or LGBT plus people, said Ahmed Shahid. UN Special Rapporteur on Freedom of Religion or Belief, noting that the right to freedom of religion protects individuals and not religions as such. In his report, the UN expert urges states to repeal gender-based discrimination laws Include those enacted with reference to religious considerations that criminalize adultery, criminalize persons on the basis of their actual or perceived sexual orientation or gender identity, criminalize abortion in all cases, and facilitate religious practices that violate human rights. Women and LGBT plus people experience discrimination and violence inflicted in the name of religion by state and non-state actors. It impedes their ability to fully enjoy their human rights, including their right to freedom of religion or belief, said Mr. Shahid. 
So just simply by having your right to believe something is what they're saying, that excludes your right to a religion, okay? Your denomination cannot make any stand against their rights to exercise what they want to do is basically what they're saying. The independent expert also expressed deep concern at the rise in political campaigns and those carried out by religious institutions and their followers, which invoke religious freedom to roll back human rights that are, he said, fundamental to gender equality at both national and international levels. While religious organizations are entitled to autonomy in the administration of their affairs, such deference should be extended within a holistic conception of rights grounded in the universality, indivisibility, interdependence, and inalienability of all human rights. States have an obligation to guarantee to everyone, including women, girls, and LGBT, LMNOPQ people, an equal right to freedom of religion or belief, including by creating an enabling environment where pluralist and progressive self-understandings can manifest, Shahid said. In other words, it's a bunch of gobbledygook saying that you have no right to exercise your belief when it contradicts the UN's right to say that all of these people have their rights to do the what things they want to do. What, what is he? What is what? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? I have no idea. He is the, uh, well, Shahid, he's probably a Muslim, but whatever. I mean, Hello. he's probably a very nominal Muslim, if a Muslim at all. But anyway, there you go with that. It's just, it's a pathetic thing which the UN is doing by forcing, eventually it's going to come right down on Christianity. Okay, it's, 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 always it, it's always been a target, but it's going to get worse. From Yahoo, televangelist Jim Baker ordered by Attorney General to stop selling fake cure for coronavirus. Lisa Landau, chief of the Healthcare Bureau, gave the Jim Baker Show 10 days to comply with a cease and desist letter that tells him to stop touting an alleged cure for the coronavirus. The letter was sent Thursday to Baker's office and cited a February 12th episode of his show that claimed a silver solution sold on his website would be a preventative against the coronavirus. So there you go, one more charlatan trying to make a buck off of people's panic. From Islam Today, from the Times of Israel, Iran refusing to give answers on three undeclared nuclear sites, UN watchdog says. We're worried about the coronavirus, and Iran is going through its regular motions of ignoring the uh, sanctions against them, the agreement that they made, and they're going on with this. Iran has nearly tripled its stockpile of enriched uranium over the last three months in violation of its deal with world powers and is refusing to answer questions about three possible undeclared nuclear sites, the UN Nuclear Watchdog Agency said. The agency said as of February 19th, Iran's total enriched uranium stockpile amounted to 1020.9 kilograms, which is 1.1 tons compared to 372.3 kilograms noted in its last report on November 3, 2019. The nuclear deal that Iran signed in 2015 with the United States, Germany, France, Britain, China, and Russia allows Iran only to keep a stockpile of 202.8 kilograms, so they were even over before they started increasing the amount. The deal promised Iran economic incentives in return for the curbs on its nuclear program. But President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the deal, wisely, I would add, unilaterally in 2018. However, Iran has been slowly violating the deal's restrictions. With the violations, Tehran has said it hopes to put pressure on the other nations involved to increase economic incentives to make up for hard-hitting sanctions imposed by Washington after the American withdrawal. 
In a second report, the IAEA said it had identified three locations in Iran where the country possibly stored undeclared nuclear material or undertook nuclear-related activities without declaring it to international observers. It said that it had sent questions to Iran in three separate letters but received no answers. The IAEA had previously said that uranium particles of man-made origin had been discovered at one location outside Tehran that had not been declared, which appeared to confirm allegations made by the U.S. and Israel about secret nuclear warehouse, something we reported on when that happened. Also, the head of the IAEA sounded the alarm on Iran's nuclear program and demanded clarifications over an undeclared site in Tehran where uranium particles were found last year. From Al Arabiya, Iran says no obligation to allow UN nuclear watchdog access to some sites, which is totally untrue, but they're just pushing it in the face of the uh, world right now. And as I said, we're worried about the coronavirus when we have a real threat to millions of people with Iran. From the Times of Israel, Iran's nuclear deal breaches mean breakout time could be mere months, says the experts. Tehran's nuclear program is back under the spotlight after the UN's nuclear watchdog revealed the extent of Iran's uranium enrichment drive and reprimanded it for denying access to two locations. The revelations may lead to heated exchanges at the IAEA latest quarterly board of governors meeting. Since May 2019, Iran has announced successive breaches of the deal struck four years earlier with world powers, which restricted its nuclear program in exchange for sanctions relief. The breaches were in reaction to U.S. President Donald Trump's withdrawal from the agreement in 2018 and reimposition of hard sanctions on Iran. The latest announcement came in January when Iran said it was no longer bound by any restrictions on its nuclear program. They're blackmailing the world is what they're doing. An IAEA report issued on March 3 said that the announcement itself did not lead to any noticeable changes, but also revealed the cumulative effect of Iran's previous breaches. There has been a dramatic increase in Iran's uranium stockpile, which now stands at over a thousand kilograms, as I just said in the other article, more than five times the limit fixed in the deal. The centrifuges being used for enrichment are also more numerous and more advanced than foreseen under the deal. Experts say the latest developments means Iran's so-called breakout time, the period needed to acquire the weapons-grade fissile material for a bomb, may well have fallen to a matter of months. The 2015 deal was meant to ensure the breakout time was at least a year. Iran insists its nuclear program is purely for civilian ends. Oh, yes. And from the AP, U.S. begins troop withdrawal from Afghanistan, officials say. Yes, he's uh, finally making the move to get our troops out of there. But this is after a deal. Okay, this isn't what our previous president did, where he just started pulling people out and saying, we're just going to withdraw everybody by a certain time. He actually has a deal. Now, if they break it, we can stop our withdrawal. We can add more troops back in or whatever. But right now, this is what's going on. American troops have begun leaving Afghanistan for the initial troop withdrawal required in the U.S.-Taliban peace agreement. The U.S. military confirmed amid political chaos in Kabul that threatens the deal. Army Colonel Sonny Leggett, spokesman for U.S. forces in Afghanistan, said in a statement that the U.S. is moving ahead with plans to cut the number of forces in the country from about 13,000 to 8,600 over the next four and a half months. 
I'd like to remind you once again that this is the longest running war in American history is Afghanistan. And if we can end that, it would be wonderful to bring our troops home. I would applaud our president, but I would also have caution that, you know, these people really are not to be trusted. So we'll see where it goes. From Mongolia today, from Aki Press, Mongolia might extend period of flight suspensions happening all around the world. Why shouldn't they? Mongolia suspended flights with China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, South Korea, Japan, and the Russian city of Ulan Ude over coronavirus fears. The National Emergency Commission is soon to decide whether to extend flight suspension or not, said uh, some guy, I can't pronounce his name, director of air policy at the Ministry of Road and Transport Development. Currently, is Mongolia conducting flights with Moscow, Berlin, and Turkey normally? 79 airlines have globally suspended flights with coronavirus-hit countries at the moment. Okay, From Daniel 12 Technology today, from New Atlas, handheld 3D printer used to grow replacement muscle tissue. This is rather interesting. When someone suffers a loss of skeletal muscle, Either through accident or disease, it can be very difficult getting new muscle to grow in its place. A new handheld device is designed to help. However, by directly depositing scaffolding within the patient's body, it starts by depositing a gelatin-based hydrogel directly into the unwanted gap within the muscle. An integrated ultraviolet light causes that gel to cure into a bioscaffold made of tiny muscle-like fibers, which readily adheres to the adjacent muscle tissue. No sutures are required. Muscle cells then move into the scaffolding. In lab tests, the device proved to be effective at treating volumetric muscle loss injuries in mice. So that's kind of an interesting development, and we'll hope that that continues to Move along. Nail online. Vibrating bathroom scales developed by NASA to stop bone thinning in astronauts offers a new hope to osteoporosis sufferers. Very interesting. Technology designed to keep astronauts' bones strong could be the inspiration for a revolutionary new treatment for thinning bones. It takes the form of a vibrating device resembling a set of bathroom scales that produces gentle vibrations that travel up through the legs, stimulating the growth of new bone cells. The concept was developed by NASA, who wanted to find a way to stop the thinning of bones in astronauts caused by weightlessness. Studies show that standing on the scales for 10 minutes a day helps prevent osteoporosis, grow bone, and reduce the risk of fractures and falls. That's very interesting. It's just causing the bones to do what they should be doing naturally, but people that maybe don't get out as much or whatever the problems are with osteoporosis. But if I ever get osteoporosis, that is not going to work on me because I cannot stand still for 10 minutes a day. It's just not possible. So, Revelation Plagues today from MSN. Rampaging insect shows up in California, alarming farmers like the coronavirus. It originated in the wilderness of Asia. It spreads quickly. It's already caused millions of dollars in economic losses in the United States, and it may already be spreading through California. It's a surprisingly beautiful one-inch insect known as the spotted lanternfly that's been rampaging its way through East Coast vineyards and orchards, causing millions of dollars in damage. California's $50 billion agricultural industry is on high alert after 
Agricultural inspectors found several dead lanternflies recently on cargo planes in Sacramento, Stockton, and Ontario. And experts say a live-spotted lanternfly may have been seen on the wall of a hotel in Davis this September. No others have been found alive, but the fear is the Davis insect may have hatched in California. The plant-hopping bug arrived in Pennsylvania in 2014 from Asia and has since spread to New Jersey, Delaware, and Virginia. A recent Penn State study estimated the insect costs Pennsylvania alone about $50 million and nearly 500 jobs each year from the damage it causes to vineyards, hardwood timber forests, Christmas tree farms, and orchards. Just imagine if it is in California. The scary thing, experts say, is that if the bug is hardy enough to survive the frigid Pennsylvania winters, there's no telling what its life cycle would be like in California's Mediterranean climate. It may not be cold enough here to kill adult lanternflies in the winter. The spotted lanternfly also has a wild diet. It's been observed feeding on the sap of 70 different species of trees and vines, including grapes, nut and fruit trees, posing risk to Central Valley's orchard and wine and table grape industry. Almonds alone are a $5.47 billion business here. The wine and table grape industry generates about $6.25 billion annually in California. The sap-sucking bug is what is known as a phloem feeder. It doesn't actually feed on a tree's fruit, but swarms severely weaken plants by draining them of their fluids. It also excretes a sweet goo called honeydew that is troublesome for grapevines because gunky mold grows on the dew and causes the plants to rot. Swarms of the bugs also have been known to hit the same vineyard or orchard over and over, wiping them out in a matter of months or years. Meanwhile, the lanternfly has no known natural predators in North America. Birds have been seen picking them up with their beaks and then spitting them out. Yeah, bad news if that is in California, so we'll keep an eye on it. From Fox News, Dr. Drew Pinsky's message to media, stop fanning the flames of panic on coronavirus. Zero Hedge, media, who's responsible for everything, media vilifies preppers and those stocking up as selfish hoarders as potential mass quarantine loom. Get everybody into a panic and then blame the people that are panicking, right? ABC, Gavin Newsom praises Trump, Pence, response to virus in California. And just this morning, I see that Cuomo did as well. Good job for a couple of Democrats who are actually stating the truth. Every single thing they said they followed through on was Gavin Newsom's comment. So good job, President Trump. He's sticking fast and taking care of this nation. From World Meter, as I've done every week for the past many weeks, and as I do each year, this is nothing new. I give you the flu statistics. Well, I'm giving you the coronavirus statistics this year along with the flu. Coronavirus, 145,000. Now, this is yesterday. It's up to 154, I believe, this morning. But We'll go with yesterday's numbers. Coronavirus, 145,000 in the entire world. 5,004 dead in the entire world. 3,100 in China. Do the math. It's about 1,200 outside of China. 71,000 recovered. Outside of China, 2,228 dead. There's your numbers, okay? In all of the world. The whole world. The United States had, as of yesterday, 2189 with 48 dead. I think it was 54 this morning. And Florida, unfortunately, went up 100% in deaths. Oh, no, run! 21 million people in Florida. 
two were dead yesterday, four today. But the news can say it's a 100% markup on deaths and, you know, scare everybody. But out of 21 million people, there are four dead. We lose more than four every minute in the United States of America from the flu. Okay? United States, that may be an exaggeration, but you, it was not hyperbole. It's just we lose a lot of people from the flu every single day. 50 people die a day from choking. 50 people die a day from choking. That's right. Okay. U.S., uh, let's see here, flu. Worldwide. Now, once again, last week I reported 64,000 dead from the flu. I have to do it again this week. And last week's number was outdated. Why? Because nobody's reporting on the worldwide flu anymore. They're trying to hide that. So it stood at 64,000 two weeks ago. I have to give you that same number. It's probably up about 80 to 90,000 dead from the flu worldwide. Every year we have, I think it's about 625,000 by the end of a year that die of the flu. Okay, there you go. U.S. 36 to 51 million have gotten the flu so far this year. 370 to 670,000 have been hospitalized as of yesterday. 22,000 to 55,000 have died in the U.S. alone, in the U.S. alone from the flu. 5,000 in the entire world coronavirus, 55,000 possible dead from the flu in the United States alone. 12 children in Florida have died from the flu as of 7 March. I can't get any more uh, current statistics than that, but 12 children, little children that are dying from the flu, okay? We are up 4,000 from last week, so what's that, about 800 a day dying in the United States from flu, and we're concerned about the coronavirus. Okay, Florida, Florida, as I said, 46 with two dead. Now it's like 54 with four dead. Okay. Uh, oh, one other thing that happened. I read this this morning and a lot of people were panicked about it, is the National Guard have been activated in several states, including Florida. There is nothing wrong with that. There is everything right with that. And the reason why is the National Guard does what? They keep people from looting businesses that aren't open, where there's nobody there. That is their job. The National Guard is led by the governor of the state. He is the one, unless it's nationalized by the uh, U.S. military, the governor of the state is the one that calls up the National Guard. And he says, listen, you are now going to protect high vulnerable areas. This is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a conspiracy. Nobody's going to be arrested or anything like that unless they are looting or doing things they should not be doing. Okay, if you want an up-to-date website, there's about 10 really good websites on coronavirus, but there's one that was done by a young Jewish boy, and it's the one that I go to every day just simply to support him. It's ncov2019live.live, okay, ncov2019.live, and then backslash data, D-A-T-A. So you can go to that. He keeps it up-to-date, you know, day by day. All right, from Morality Today, Life Site. Cinderella remake to feature genderless fairy godmother played by gay man. Okay, you wonder why the world is in such bad shape as it's in. It's not because, you know, God is out of control. It's because we are out of control. Sun Sentinel, South Florida's LGBT capital has a new rainbow police car. Can you imagine this? They want to sue every time somebody puts in God we trust on a police car in Florida and they allow this. Wilton Manors is known as the unofficial capital of the LGBT LMNOPQ community in South Florida and one of the gay-friendliest cities in the country. Now, the Broward City right next to Fort Lauderdale has a police car that reflects the all-inclusive spirit. 
The Wilton Manors Police Department has redesigned a squad car with a giant rainbow. A rainbow decorates each side of the car. The back window reads policing with pride. The rainbow-hued car will remain in the city throughout the year. It's not only South Florida Patrol car with a rainbow to support the LGBT community. Since 2013, Miami Beach has had a squad car with police bedecked in rainbow hues. So there you go with that. And from the Christian Times, abortions in England and Wales reach record levels. The latest data from the ONS reveals that around a quarter of all pregnancies in England and Wales in 2018 were terminated. Abortion rates increased in all regions over the last decade, but were the highest in London at 27.1%. At the same time, the conception rate in England and Wales fell to its lowest level since 2004 with an estimated 839,000 in 2018 or 75.4 conceptions per 1,000 women aged 15 to 44, down nearly 1% on 2017. National suicide. Our other category today, Zero Hedge. Pentagon deploys troops to California border to block surge of possibly infected migrants. I kind of mentioned this last week. The Pentagon is going through this, and now we're stopping people from coming in. That's a good thing. I'm sure it upsets the left because they want everybody to flood into this nation. But the Pentagon is sending 160 soldiers to California's border with Mexico in order to assist border agents resist an anticipated surge in migrants if the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals strikes down migrant protection protocols. Approximately 60,000 migrants have been returned to Mexico prior to their U.S. asylum hearings through the MPP program, which is aimed at preventing migrants from obtaining work in the United States. Some of the 30,000 migrants waiting in Mexico rushed for the border February 28th when the court declared the MPP program to be illegal. The court then quickly put a stay on its decision to block the MPP until March 12th, pending any Supreme Court intervention. The California-based court also decided to allow the MPP program to operate in Texas. Trump administration officials added that the troops could help prevent the migration of people carrying diseases such as coronavirus. So there you go with that. And then Mail Online, the opposite is happening. Mexico is considering closing its border to stop Americans bringing coronavirus into its country as U.S. case count passes 2,000. So there you go. Tit for tat. Xenophobes. Xenophobes. From the Daily Wire, Trump economy roared in February, lowest unemployment in over 50 years. And of course, I've given my opinion on this all the way since the very first coronavirus news article came out months and months and months ago was that this will be an attempt to stifle our president and they will use every means they can with this virus to cause the economy to fail. They don't care if the economy fails as long as they get their agenda, which is to get rid of President Trump. So there you go with that. Mail online. Major crime soars by 22% in New York City as police blame new bail reforms that mean suspects can avoid jail and reoffend. New York City saw a boost in crime last month compared to February 2019th. Police are blaming recent criminal justice reforms for the surge. New York Police Department said major crimes grew 22.5% compared to a year ago. Of course, you turn people away and don't put them in prison for committing crimes. This is what's going to happen. There was a 7.1% increase in shootings. There were 16,343 major crimes reported in the first two months of 2020. And they're worried about coronavirus when they got this kind of a crisis in their city. Whatever. Zero Hedge. 
minimum wage blowback. Fast food burger flipping robot works for $3 an hour. Now, I reported on this a year or so ago. Guess what? The technology has developed, and now everybody can afford these things. Over the years, we've documented the proliferation of artificial intelligence and robots in the workplace would lead to a tidal wave of job losses through 2030. What piqued our attention several years ago was Miso Robotics, a Pasadena tech company with the focus of developing robots for fast food restaurants, has seen the price of its burger flipping robot drop from $100,000 to $10,000 in four years. Imagine that. The burger flipping robot is now more cost effective than the average low skilled employee, which means Miso's unveiling of a subscription plan for restaurants of just $2,000 a month with the choice of a robot that works either the grill or the fryer could be very appealing to restaurant owners or managers across the country who need to drive down labor costs. As a result, Miso can offer flippies to fast food restaurant owners for an estimated $2,000 per month on a subscription basis, breaking down to about $3 per hour. The actual cost will depend on customers' specific needs. A human doing the same job costs $4,000 to $10,000 or more a month, depending on a restaurant's hours and the local minimum wage. And robots never call in sick. <laughs> Americans could soon see Flippy or a variant of the robot at a mom-and-pop restaurant or a major fast food chain in the early 2020s. The affordability of these robots will entice restaurant operators to drive down labor costs. Zero Hedge, this is the most unfair thing I think I've ever heard in my life, but it is so liberal. It is. If you vote Democrat, you're voting for the most inane things on the face of the planet, but that's what they like. Zero Hedge, progressive parking tickets could make rich pay more. You get a parking ticket and you pay more than the guy next to you. Boston tickets drivers as much as $40 for an expired parking meter. Boston collected over $61 million worth of fines in 2018. The same year, it began increasing parking fines. Now some parking tickets run up to $120. But a new city councilor is concerned that some Boston residents may have to decide between paying a parking ticket and putting food on the table. She has introduced rules that would scale the cost of a parking ticket based on the violator's income. So rich people will still face huge fines for tiny infractions, maybe even higher than they currently are. But low-income folks will pay lower fines for parking illegally. The proposal says for some, a $40 parking ticket is simply the cost to park illegally, while for others, it is a major financial setback. So as usual, the solution is to redistribute the wealth. How that can even be legal, I don't know, but here you go with that. All right, I got a uh, Lesserick here for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he's talking about. The AG says there's something astray. Well, it's said, hi-ho, silver away. If you want, be at ease about this dreaded disease. Put your trust in the truth, life, and way. Don't put it in Jim Baker and his silver solution. That's what that's about. There you go. All right. I got a couple. Actually, I got three ironies for you this week. This is entitled, Staying Safe from Fox. Dozens in Iran die from drinking bootleg alcohol to prevent coronavirus infection. Yes, they're not staying safe. Okay, next one, Bloomberg. Coronavirus conference gets canceled because of 
Coronavirus, yes, staying safe. And finally, from MEMRI, Iraqi Islamic scholar Had al-Modarisi Saeed, Wuhan virus is divine punishment against Chinese? Just got it. So there you go. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.